booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. You want more money, but you're not, we're not getting the services that we really need. It's just out of control. The MTA wants to dig even deeper into your pocket, adding a 1.5% increase to the 4% hike planned for next year. Brooklyn's Hakeem Jeffries makes history chosen as the next minority speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. President Biden Wednesday, not so sure he'll make another run for the White House. A court of appeals deals yet another blow to President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. A New York tradition, the annual Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting takes place. The MTA is considering an even greater increase to next year's scheduled fare and toll hikes to offset the authority's debt in the billions. The MTA's chief financial officer is Kevin Willens. He's proposed an increase of 5.5% rather than the planned 4% hike. He did so during a budget presentation at the MTA's monthly meeting yesterday. There's not been a fair increase, as you know, since April of 2019. Since then, the labor wages have increased cumulatively by 7.4%. Willens cited a dramatic drop in ridership as well during the COVID-19 viral pandemic. And he said the MTA is facing revenue shortfalls in excess of $2 billion per year, despite the agency already having unused federal pandemic relief monies from the feds. The board will vote on its overall budget next month. However, any new fare and toll hike changes will not be approved until the MTA holds public hearings early next year. History in the making. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries of Brooklyn, elected by fellow Democrats Wednesday to become the first black American to become House Minority Leader next year. The closed-door vote was unanimous by acclamation. Here's Jeffries. Good afternoon, everyone. It's an honor to stand before you today uh, as the incoming House Democratic Leader, for the 118th Congress that will convene on January 3rd. Republicans will have majority control of the House, though. The GOP struggling to unite around Kevin McCarthy as a new House Speaker as they prepare to take control when the new Congress convenes in January. Wednesday's internal Democratic caucus votes of Jeffries and the other top leaders for Dems was not challenged. President Joe Biden cast doubt on his potential 2024 re-election bid on Wednesday while speaking at the White House Tribal Nations Summit. An unknown person in the crowd shouted four more years at the president. The president waved the comment off. As my grandfather Finnegan would say, that's the Irish of it. Thank you all very much. Thanks. At least 66 percent of voters in an early exit poll from early November stated they do not want Biden to run for re-election. Nearly half of respondents said Biden's policies were hurting the country. The president's age has also been of concern. He celebrated his 80th birthday back on November 20th. Yet another blow for President Biden's student loan debt forgiveness program. The New Orleans-based Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected the Biden administration's request to lift a stay put on the program by a lower court in Texas. In court documents that were filed Wednesday, the three-judge panel unanimously chose not to override a decision 
by U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman back on November 10th. It called the student loan handouts unlawful and temporarily suspended it. Back in July, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the president didn't have the authority to implement the program. The difference between the president, the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive. The New Orleans court did choose, however, to expedite the case in its docket to the next available oral argument. Biden's student loan handout intends to forgive $10,000 in federal student loans per borrower and double that for Pell Grant recipients. Biden's Department of Justice previously said that it would request the U.S. Supreme Court to intervene if the Fifth Circuit denied the appeal. Outside security for last night's tree lighting at Rockefeller Center, NYPD Chief of Patrol Jeffrey Madry spoke to NBC4 New York before the lighting. A great evening for New Yorkers and visitors from everywhere. The NYPD will be ready tonight. It's special for the men and women of the NYPD as well as the New Yorkers and visitors from all over. Come out and enjoy the night. The NYPD will be here to protect you. And no major incidents reported this year as tree hails from Queensbury in upstate New York. It's 82 feet tall to Norway spruce, arrived in midtown Manhattan back on November 12th. These people braved the cold and the wind to view the tree lighting in person. Biggest tree I've seen. It was uh, on my bucket list to be here present today. It's awesome. I mean, it's huge. And they spoke to ABC7. Its star has 3 million Savorsky crystals, and the tree features more than 50,000 LED lights. It'll be lit between 6 a.m. and midnight and for 24 hours on Christmas Day. The U.S. House of Representatives moved urgently Wednesday to head off the looming nationwide rail strike. The House passing a bill that would bind companies and workers to a proposed settlement rejected in September. I beg your pardon, reached in September, but then rejected by three of the 12 unions that are involved here. So this measure passed yesterday by a vote of 290 to 137. So it now heads to the U.S. Senate. And if it gets approved there, it will be quickly signed by President Joe Biden, who requested this action. South Carolina Representative Nancy Mace spoke to Fox News about a possible strike. The labor unions are holding the American people and our economy hostage right before the holidays. And that's where the blame needs to be on why this is happening, why this vote is even occurring when this is a private sector contractual agreement. Congress should not be voting on this today or any day in the next several days. So business groups, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the American Farm Bureau Federation, warned that halting rail service could cause a $2 billion per day hit to the United States economy, especially heading into the holidays. Sam Bankman freed the ex-billionaire whose cryptocurrency platform FTX crashed spectacularly earlier this month, surfaced Wednesday. He spoke from the Bahamas, where he has a residence, via video link to the New York Times Dealbook Summit. Bankman Freed revealed he's receiving the classic advisory, he said, from his legal team. Don't say anything and recede into a hole as he deals with allegations of fraud following the collapse of his crypto trading platform. I didn't ever uh, try to commit fraud on anyone. I, I was excited about the prospects of FTX a month ago. Um, I saw it as a thriving, growing business. I was shocked by what happened this month and, you know, reconstructing it. Uh, where are there things I wish I had done differently? 
So the platform was formally valued in the tens of billions of dollars. Questions are swirling now over whether the failure of FTX is due to negligence and mismanagement or a fraudulent scheme wherein certain investors had their losses recouped and regular customers lost the value of their holdings. The Wall Street Journal reported earlier this month that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice are investigating FTX. There's a big state dinner tonight at the White House. It is actually the first that is being held by the Biden-Harris administration for French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron Wednesday voiced grievances about super aggressive climate subsidies under Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which benefit U.S. American-made tech and products and hurt European companies. Here's National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. I mean, if you look at what's going on in Ukraine, Look at what's going on in the Indo-Pacific and the tensions with China. France is really at the center of all those things. White House Press Secretary Jean Pierre said Wednesday that the White House had heard Macron's comments and is prepared to talk about the issue. Macron, the first foreign leader Biden has hosted in an official state visit since taking office. It's the French president's first time back in the U.S. since a 2018 visit during former President Trump's administration. Suspended prosecutor Andrew Warren took his battle against Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis to a federal court on Tuesday. DeSantis suspended the Hillsborough County State Attorney back in August. It was all over a handful of moves the Democratic elected official made, including signing a pledge in June that he would not enforce Florida's abortion laws. Warren contends that DeSantis's move to suspend him in early August violated his First Amendment rights. He spoke outside the courthouse on Tuesday. There's so much more at stake than my job. We're not just fighting to do the job that I was elected to do. I'm fighting for the rights of voters across Florida to have the elected official of their choice. We're fighting for free speech, for the integrity of our elections, and for the very values of our democracy. Florida recently enacted a ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy without exemptions for things like rape or incest. Well, Christine McVie, the British-born Fleetwood Mac vocalist, has died at the age of 79. McVie was a songwriter and also played keyboard. Hits include such classics as You Make Loving Fun, Everywhere, and Don't Stop. Her death announced Wednesday on the band's social media accounts. No cause of death, though, or other details were immediately provided. During its peak commercial years from 1975 until 1980, the band sold tens of millions of records. Fleetwood Mac, co-founded by drummer Mick Fleetwood back in 1967, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said on Wednesday that Vladimir Putin, of course, the Russian president, had focused his fire and ire on Ukraine's civilian population. He warned that Russia's recent strategy of targeting vital infrastructure would fail to divide Ukraine's supporters. Blinken spoke to Politico. What we're seeing, uh, to put it in in one word, is barbaric. Uh, and precisely because Putin is not able to succeed on the battlefield, he's taking the war to Ukraine civilians. And he's doing it in a very deliberate way, uh, going after the entire energy and electric infrastructure to turn off the lights, to turn off the water, to turn off the heat. And that at a time when, of course, Ukraine is heading into winter. Blinken accused Putin of trying to divide the Western coalition and to force it to abandon Ukraine by freezing and starving Ukrainians and driving up energy costs around the world. 77 WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellick has sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Start on the ice here. The Rangers got back into the wind column out in Ottawa. 
against the Senators, imposing their will throughout to secure the 3-1 to road win. Jimmy B.C. got things rolling for the Blue Shirts with this gritty putback in the first to open the scoring. Lindgren is there, poked it away. B.C. after it. Up the board, stopped by Lindgren for a shot, same coming, rebound, score! Jimmy V.C. That call courtesy of MSG, Barkley Goodrow, and Chris Kreider buried the other two biscuits while Ryan Lindgren registers three assists and route to the win. The win gives the Rangers 26 points on the season, good for a tie for fourth place currently in the Metropolitan Division. Looking ahead to tonight on the ice, the Devils are the lone local squad in action as they're set to welcome in the Nashville Predators at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And on the hardwood, it was Kevin Durant's shoulders taking another beating in Brooklyn as he carried the Nets to another victory, this time over the Washington Wizards. KD's 39 points led the way for Brooklyn en route to the 113-107 victory as the Nets build a little momentum here with their third straight W. They'll try and make it four straight tomorrow night with the Toronto Raptors coming to town. As for the Knicks, they weren't as lucky at the Garden against the Milwaukee Bucks, falling 109-103 to last night to fall to 10-12 and overall on the year. If you want to beat the Bucks, you got to stop Giannis, and the Knicks couldn't do that as the star forward went for a game-high 37 points to bring it home for Milwaukee. R.J. Barrett led the way in orange and blue with his 26 points. New York will mull over the loss until Saturday, when the Mavericks are set to pay the Knicks a visit. And week 13 of the NFL season kicks off on Thursday night football tonight between the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots in Foxborough. Kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, and the Bills go in as four-point favorites. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. December trading starts today after the market rallied to end November. The Dow Jones Industrials up more than 700 points yesterday. The S&P and the Nasdaq both posting their first winning sessions in four days. Investors reacting to Fed Chair Jerome Powell suggesting smaller interest rate hikes were on the way. Wall Street now targeting a 50 basis point hike when the Fed meets in two weeks. More retail earnings today. Wall Street forecasting a 10% increase in revenue for Dollar General's third quarter. The outlook promising as well. Dollar General has successfully managed inventory issues and partnered with DoorDash for same-day delivery options. Earnings forecasts are favorable for Kroger increases in grocery prices helping top and bottom line estimates. Meanwhile, the Kroger-Albertsons merger is on hold. The Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing this week discussing how the $24 billion deal could affect competition. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right, futures mixed this morning after yesterday's big gains. Yesterday, the Dow was up 737 points or point, uh, 2.18%. But this morning, things are mixed. The Dow down 58 points, 0.17% at 34,541. S&P down three points. NASDAQ's fallen 24 and a half. Gold up $32.90 an ounce at $1,792.90. Crude oil at $80.43 a barrel that's down 12 cents. It's the WABC Early News. Yeah, for Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, facing backlash for his plan to get more folks with mental illness off the streets in New York and out of the subway system. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz reports. 
Jacqueline Simone with the Coalition for the Homeless does not like the plan. Mayor Adams is really feeding into a harmful narrative that people who are dealing with mental health challenges and people who are without housing are dangerous. The mayor is now directing first responders to send the mentally ill to hospitals whether they want to go or not. Head of the New York Civil Liberties Union, Donna Lieberman, accuses Adams of what she calls playing fast and loose with the legal rights of New Yorkers. The Legal Aid Society is supporting the mayor's plan. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. A homeless man with 16 priors accused of leaving a suspicious white powdery substance, which caused an evacuation at the Park Hyatt Hotel on West 57th Street after a house peaked keeper there became sickened. It's believed a former occupant of the 11th floor hotel room lost a door key that the man ended up finding. NYPD Assistant Chief James McCarthy. The room was a vacant room at this time. The people who were in there, the family that were in there, checked out at 1030 on Sunday morning. At uh, 820, it shows a swipe of the room where he entered the room. Uh, The family had five keys and uh, they believe one of them they must have dropped. And he picked it up. An initial test of remaining residue came back positive for traces of an explosive substance. But subsequent tests of that substance came back negative and the initial test was ruled a false positive. Meanwhile, the hotel is looking into why the room key card was not deactivated after the prior guest ended their stay. If your pharmacist has run out of the medication you're looking for, you are not alone. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Antibiotics are running low at pharmacies nationwide, which isn't very comforting when you consider COVID is still around now combined with wintertime colds and, of course, the flu. According to the FDA, 123 of 184 listed drugs are in short supply. However, health officials say if you can't find the medication you need, make sure you consult your physician since similar medication could be available. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. It's 17 and a half years in prison for a Yonkers man who viciously beat a 57-year-old Asian woman after following her into her building on Riverdale Avenue back in March. This Asian woman was punched 125 times in this hate-fueled attack caught on surveillance video. Even law enforcement said it was hard to watch. 42-year-old Tamel Esco pleaded guilty back in September to committing a violent hate crime in connection with this attack. Here's Yonkers Police Commissioner Christopher Sapienza. 27 years of policing, this was one of the most violent and one of the most heinous crimes I've ever witnessed. This is why it's so heinous. This, there was no relationship. There was no argument. There was no connection. Esco was also sentenced to five years of post-release supervision. The victim, who's Filipino, suffered brain bleeding, multiple facial fractures, bruising, and lacerations to her head and face. Now, according to the investigation, the victim simply passed by Esco on her way home, and he allegedly yelled a slur at her, but she ignored him. The victim addressed the court on Tuesday, saying she lost the place she called home for more than 24 years, where she raised her daughter's. She said she now fears for the safety of her daughters and herself. 
Justice for Junior Guzman Feliz, 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. Bronx District Attorney Darcel Clark announced five members of the Los Sures set of the Trinitarios gang pled guilty to first-degree manslaughter in connection with the death of Lissandro Junior Guzman Feliz. The 15-year-old was dragged out of a bodega by a dozen men and stabbed to death in June of 2018 after being mistaken for a rival gang member. The members had all been offered plea deals. Leandra Feliz Junior's mom spoke to PIX11 back in October about the plea deals. For me, it's not make different if you was in the car driving or if you were chasing them, they killed Junior. Clark said the five gang members will be sentenced to prison terms ranging from 12 to 15 years. The defendants are scheduled to be sentenced in January. I'm Alex Barnard for the 77 WABC Early News. The Meatpacking Business Improvement District released a blueprint for changes it would like to see to make way for more pedestrians and cycling as well, with congestion pricing set to start by the end of next year in Manhattan's five boroughs. The Meatpacking Business Improvement District thinks that current traffic patterns will no longer meet the needs of the city. Meatpacking Bid Executive Director Jeffrey Lefrancanos spoke to New York One. People used to not regularly be here, and now tons of foot traffic are coming to the neighborhood. 80% of the space outside is dedicated to the vehicle. And given the volume of pedestrians that we have, we want to begin to shrink that number. Proposed improvements include things like condensing wide streets, which allow for double parking by extending sidewalks to make way for foot traffic. The BID also wants to add protected bike lanes and plaza areas for visitors. According to the BID, the area's seen foot traffic more than double over the last few years alone, in part due to the completion of Little Island. And they say that people should start seeing small changes in the next few years, along with the BID's plans for more long-term capital improvements. This blueprint must still be approved by the city council. A Wall Street close with stocks much higher after Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said the central bank will slow the pace of its rate hikes. 77 WABC's Noam Layden has the story. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says there are no clear signs yet that inflation has turned a corner despite the Fed's numerous interest rate increases. And the full effects of our rapid tightening so far are yet to be felt. Thus, it makes sense to moderate the pace of our rate increases as we approach the level of restraint that will be sufficient to bring inflation down. But the Fed chair says the central bank could scale back the pace of interest rate hikes. They've been raised six times since March. Still, Powell cautions that the fight against inflation is far from over and key questions remain remain unanswered, including how high rates will ultimately need to go and for how long. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. A new drug is showing promise in the fight against Alzheimer's. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz reports. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine says a new drug called lecanemab has been shown to remove clumps of protein that builds up in the brains of people with the cognitive disease. The researchers conducted a trial among nearly 1,800 volunteers with early-stage Alzheimer's and found there was less decline of cognition and function in those who took the drug. The findings are being called a major breakthrough in the effort to stop Alzheimer's. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. If you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.